محمدًا صلى الله عليه وسلم عبد الله ورسوله اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد طيب anyone knows what's the topic of the short talk of tonight إن شاء الله what is it رقية رقية and uh, what is رقية any idea healing how Okay, by reciting uh, some verses. So the title, I guess, of the verse was Ruqya or Healing by the Quran. Imam Al-Qayyim rahimahullah mentions that he mentions many types of neglecting the Quran. Okay, for example, not reading the Quran or listening to the Quran, memorizing the Quran or applying the Quran in our lives. A very interesting type of ignoring the Quran that Sheikh Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah mentions, is that he says that some people do not use the Qur'an as a cure for their sicknesses. And he says that this is, in a sense, this is, this is a type of neglect of the Qur'an because this is something which the Prophet wasallam did and this is something which the Prophet wasallam's companions did. Okay. طيب. Was the ruqya or is the ruqya something introduced by the Muslims or it's something that existed before Islam? Anyone knows? It existed before Islam. But any evidence for that? That the ruqya is something that existed before the coming of the Prophet There is a hadith in which it says that the sahaba of the Prophet came to the Prophet and they asked him, about the uh, ruqyas, okay, that they had before Islam. What should we do with them? So the Prophet ﷺ told them, اعرضوا علي رقاكم. اعرضوا means like display them before me. Let me see what they are. And then he said, لا بأس بالرقى ما لم تكن شركا. It is sound and it is okay so long as it does not involve any kind of shirk. For example, if a person comes to another person and instead of reading some ayahs from the Quran or some of the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, or uh, like a, uh, a beautiful, uh, for example, supplication that Allah cures this person. For example, he comes and he mentions names of some saints, let's say, okay, or shayateen or jinn or something like that. This becomes definitely uh, haram and um, it's not acceptable. So anything that e- existed before Islam that had any type of shirk in it, the Prophet ﷺ did not allow it. But if it existed before the time of the Prophet ﷺ and it was sound and authentic, it didn't have any type of shirk, then it was accepted by the Prophet ﷺ and by the uh, Muslims. As a matter of fact, the concept of ruqya or seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help by reciting some kind of ayahs in the Quran or hadith or supplications it's something which existed even during the times of the Jews and the Christians before Islam it's something which existed since the time of Ibrahim and the evidence for that is that the Prophet وسلم, when he wanted to make Ruqya for Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn radiyallahu anhuma the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said arqikuma bima raqa Ibrahim banih the Prophet sallallahu said I'm going to make on you the same Ruqya which Ibrahim alayhi salam did on his children then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited the famous uh, supplication or Ruqya وَعِيدُكُمَا بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّةِ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْطَانٍ وَهَامَّهُ مِنْ كُلِّ عَيْنٍ لَامَّةِ Which basically it's just the Prophet ﷺ is seeking refuge by the names of uh, Allah by the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from any type of uh, uh, shaytan or any type of like an, uh, an evil eye. So it's something which existed before the uh, uh, before Islam. And also the early Arab they uh, recognized this issue of uh, ruqya. 
and they used to practice it. Uh, one of the uh, Sahaba of the Prophet وسلم, his name was Dhimad. Uh, and Dhimad at that time wasn't a Muslim. And this story, by the way, is in uh, Sahih Muslim. So Sa'id ibn Jabir says that Ibn Abbas says that Dhimad, before his Islam, came to Mecca. And he was from a tribe called Izd Shanu'a. Okay? And he was famous for doing Ruqya. So the ignorant people in Mecca, they heard that Dhimad is going to visit Mecca. Okay, it's just like a visiting doctor or something like that. It was very famous or something. He said, okay, we want you to come and read on this man. We want you to come and read and give Ruqya to the Prophet so Dhimad went to the Prophet and he said to him, Inni arqi min meaning I give people ruqya if they are sick or if they have jinn or anything like that. Why don't you let me do some ruqya on you? So the Prophet waited until Dhimad was done with his message, maybe caring message. Then the Prophet obviously wanted to show him that he is not a possessed person, he's not a uh, crazy man as the uh, Sufaha or the ignorant people in Mecca say. So the Prophet ﷺ told him very beautiful, eloquent words, which Dhimad have never heard before. The Prophet ﷺ told him, إِنَّ الْحَمْدَ لِلَّهِ نَحْمَدُهُ وَنَسْتَعِينُهُ وَنَسْتَغْفِرُهُ وَنَسْتَهْدِيهُ وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شُرُورِ أَنفُسِنَا very beautiful words. So the man said to the Prophet ﷺ, can you repeat these words again? The Prophet ﷺ repeated them. Then he said, can you repeat them again? The Prophet ﷺ repeated them. After he was done, he said to the Prophet ﷺ a word which means like this is like the this is the um, yeah, like this is like the best of the best. There is nothing better than this. Then he told the Prophet ﷺ, extend your hand, I'm going to give you like the oath, I'm going to accept Islam. And Dhimad accepted uh, Islam. Okay, so all of these hadith that we uh, quoted, just to uh, emphasize that the, the ruqya existed before the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and the accepted types of ruqya are the ruqyas that do not have any type of shirk in them. So again, we ask the same question. What is what is the concept of Ruqya? Again, anyone has a, an answer? What is the concept of Ruqya? You should know by now. On the Quran? Or it could be... Yeah, or supplication. Okay, it, it means Ruqya, really, it means to, uh, another word in Arabic, to have ta'awwud. Or ta'aw, and ta'awwud means to like to cling to someone or to have someone as your protector or supporter. So when the person recites some ayahs from the Quran, read some of the hadith of the Prophet that are especially for uh, ruqya, or make dua, for example, Oh Allah, protect me from this. And then, for example, he blows in his hand and he wipes it on his body. This is called uh, ruqya. This is called uh, okay. Because you're seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help and support to protect you from some kind of a harm. This harm could be a hasad, it could be a jinn, it could be shayateen, it could be some type of sickness. Whatever the harm might be, you make this uh, ruqya and it becomes like a protection or a shield between you and that harm. Okay. Let me tell you a funny story so that you can uh, just uh, value maybe the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and realize that it is really the source of many uh, miracles and one of them that it is a ruqya. I remember once uh, in one of the uh, halaqas, Brother Yusuf Estes was, uh, was present with us and he said that uh, it happened that to, for him to meet a person who was uh, sick. I think he had some kind of uh, position or something like that. And someone told him, why don't you read on him? So he said, I read some Quran. 
And then I said, maybe if I read the English translation, it's going to help. So he said, I read some English translation. It didn't really help that much. Reading the words of the Quran in Arabic were better. So he said, I said to myself, I'm a priest. Maybe I can recite to him some of the verses from the Bible that talk about the oneness of Allah. So he said, once I started reciting from the Bible, the man's situation got worse and worse. <laughs> so when you do this uh, type of, uh, uh, of ruqya, the person has to make sure that he's reciting something proper, in particular from the book of Allah, from the du'as uh, of the Prophet and obviously this is the best. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he describes this Qur'an, one of the descriptions of the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about it, Allah says, قُلْ هُوَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا هُدًا Say, it is for the believers, huda, meaning a source of guidance, and a shifa, a source of uh, cure or healing. Also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, another verse in the Qur'an says, in the same meaning, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ And we reveal from this Qur'an that which is a shifa, meaning a cure, وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ And it is a mercy for the believers. Obviously, as uh, Imam Al-Kathir, uh, rahimahullah, says, that the Qur'an is a shifa or a cure because it cures the heart from all types of diseases like uh, nifaq, uh, hypocrisy, uh, doubts, deviations, the, the Qur'an in this sense is a, a source of shifa or cure. Uh, but also some other ulama like Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, uh, they say that Al-Qur'an is also a shifa in the sense that it cures uh, the uh, physical sicknesses as well as a mental sickness or a psychological uh, sickness, both of them could be cured by the Qur'an and this verse encompasses both uh, meanings, meaning that the Qur'an is a shifa for the hearts in the sense that it cures the person's heart from all types of heart diseases such as sickness, nifaq, uh, doubts, uncertainty and so forth and it's also a shifa in the sense that it cures the person's body. Okay. So what was the, let's take a look at the practice of this ruqya during the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For example, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا بأس بالرقى ما لم يكن فيه شرك ومن استطاع منكم أن ينفع أخاه فليفعل. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that there is no problem with these ruqyas and whoever amongst you is able to benefit his brother let him do so. What does benefit his brother mean? Meaning if you can recite some Qur'an or do some ruqya on your brother, do it. You are encouraged to do that. As a matter of fact, uh, Shaykh al-Islam bin Taymiyyah rahimahullah says that this is one of the types of, of jihad which the person can do because he will be fighting the shayateen by reading uh, Qur'an on a sick person. Also from the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu who said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent us in a sariya, uh, he said that we were like 30 people. And on their way back, okay, whether to Medina or to Mecca, he said that they stopped by uh, some kind of a, uh, a village. And they asked the people of the village for to, yani, to treat them and they refused. The Sahaba the Prophet didn't have anything with them and those people refused to treat them. So after a little bit, someone from that village came to the Sahaba and he said, is there anyone among you who does this uh, ruqya? Because the master of our tribe is being stung by a scorpion. So Abu Sa'id said, I can do it, but you have to give us such and such amount of sheep or food or whatever. So the, uh, the man said, okay, we'll do that. So Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu went and he recited Surah al-Fatiha, just Surah al-Fatiha on that man's, يعني, where he was, in the place that in which he was uh, stung. He recited Surah al-Fatiha seven times. And then the man was cured. And they took their sheep and their food and everything. 
But he said that my friends refused to eat from that uh, food. They thought that it is maybe haram or something. When they reached the Prophet ﷺ and they told the Prophet ﷺ of what happened, the Prophet ﷺ asked Abu Sa'id. He told him, وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ أَنَّهَا رُقِيَةً how did you know that this surah is a ruqya? So the Prophet ﷺ confirmed that Surah Al-Fatiha is a ruqya. So he said, شَيْءٌ أُلْقِيَ فِي رَوْعِي Meaning, yeah, I just uh, felt or had a strong feeling that uh, this surah is uh, a cure. Or if I read it on this person, he's going to be okay. So the Prophet ﷺ said, eat from that food and feed us also, it was from the practice of the Prophet وسلم, uh, that he would yani, read Quran or make some kind of ruqya on some of his relatives. The Prophet وسلم, would read it and he will say, Allahumma rabban nas bas wishfi anta shafi. Oh Allah, the Lord of the people, cure, you are the one who cures. La shifa'a illa shifa'uk. There is no cure except your cure. Shifa'an la yugadiru saqam. A cure which doesn't leave any kind of sickness uh, behind. Meaning it takes care of that uh, sickness. Also, we find in the life of the Sahaba of the Prophet ﷺ and in the lives of the ulama of our ummah that they practiced this act of ruqya. For example, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud once they brought a person to him and they said that this person is uh, possessed. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud recited in that person's ear one ayah from the Qur'an. He recited the ayah, أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ عَبَثًا وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ Meaning, do you think that we have created you for just nothing, vain? وَأَنَّكُمْ إِلَيْنَا لَا تُرْجَعُونَ And you're not going to come back to us? So when he recited just this one single verse from the Qur'an in that person's ear, he was cured. And when Abdullah bin Mas'ud was asked, why did this ayah have such an effect on this person? He said, if you recite this ayah on a mountain, it will diminish it. But obviously you have to keep in mind that every one of us, inshallah ta'ala, is encouraged to practice this act of uh, ruqya. But as Imam al-Qayyim rahimahullah said, he said that the ruqya is just like a sword. Okay, it depends on who's carrying it, right? It depends on who's carrying it. So inshallah ta'ala, the more you increase in your yani, worship and your certainty in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so forth, the more effective your ruqya will uh, become. Uh, Ibn al-Qayyim also, rahimahullah, says that he was uh, in Mecca for some time and he said that I would become sick. And I will have no cure, nothing, except Surah Al-Fatiha. He said, I would recite Surah Al-Fatiha in some water and he will drink it. And he said, that was my only cure and my source of healing. Uh, also from practices of the ulama, uh, a very funny story of Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah. They said that during the time of Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, and obviously, Imam Ahmed was known for his uh, uh, piety, especially in uh, eating that which is halal. They said that he was really yani, cautious of what uh, he was eating. He really tried to make sure that he always eats halal. And obviously, this, is, this uh, enables the person to have this ability of uh, having his dua uh, being accepted. So anyway, the story goes that the uh, one of the people who worked with the uh, Khalifa, uh, whose name was uh, Al Mutawakkil, he came to Imam Ahmed, and he said that we have this uh, girl who's uh, possessed, and we don't know what to do with it. So Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, said that okay, take these shoes of mine. Okay, looks like they are very strong shoes. And he said that take these shoes of mine. They were like wooden shoes. He said take them and go to that girl and say to that uh, jinni or whatever it was that Imam Ahmed is telling you that it's either you leave or you're going to be uh, smacked 70 smacks with this with this shoes. So 
it said that that jinn he said Ahmed. I hear and I obey Imam Ahmed. And then he said, He said, that man obeyed Allah. And whoever obeys Allah, everything should obey him. And then uh, he left. Also from the lives of uh, the ulama of uh, our time, it was said that one of the uh, ulama of our time was uh, imprisoned. And uh, some people wanted to harm him, so they put a sorcerer actually with him in jail, so that this sorcerer could harm uh, uh, this scholar. And they said for days and days and days he couldn't do anything. Then that scholar looked at the sorcerer and he told him, I know what you want to do. You are not going to be able to do it because every day in the morning and in the evening, I recite my adhkar. Meaning after Fajr, I know that there are certain du'as that I should uh, make. After Asr, there are certain du'as for the evening that I should make. This is why I'm going to be, inshallah, in Allah's protection and you'll never be able to do anything to me. And that was a cause for that person to uh, repent, that sorcerer to repent and to uh, become a Muslim uh, again. And if there is a lesson that we should learn uh, from this story is that the person should really be very keen in reciting his uh, adhkar such as surah. And it's very simple, like surah Qul Allahu Ahad and Mu'awwidat and Ayat Al-Kursi and just the last two ayahs of surah Al-Baqarah or so. Very simple, but it will make tremendous effect on your day and uh, maybe in your life. The Ruqya is from uh, different things, as we narrated uh, different stories. For example, sometimes the Ruqya could be from Hasad, it could be from uh, jinn possession, it could be from just a physical sickness and so forth. So for example, the Ruqya from uh, the uh, Hasad. First of all, the Prophet wasallam said that Al-Aynu Haqq, that this Ayn, it literally means Eye. But this effect of the like the evil eye, the Prophet ﷺ said that it is haq, meaning it is it is true. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in the Quran in Surah Noon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to his Prophet ﷺ, which means that these kuffar they're they're about to uh, to make you like a tremble or something like that by their by their sights. Okay? Lemma Samiradik. in the Sabab uh, al or the cause for this ayah to be revealed, it was said that there were certain tribes of the Arab that were known for having this uh, evil effect. So the other kuffar from the Arab asked them to come and to help them have the Prophet being affected by that uh, evil eye or ain. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So again, what is uh, this ain or hasad? The ulama say that al-hasad is that you uh, or the person wishes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes away the good from another person. Okay. And in the definition of al-ayn or this evil eye, they say that it could happen uh, because of two reasons. Okay, One of them is that if a person looks at another person with like extreme uh, envy and uh, like some kind of hatred that Allah gave that person this specific uh, bounty. And in that case, the person would be having like, as they describe it, like nafs khabitha, meaning he would be having like an evil soul, okay? So he would look at this person, at an evil uh, look with an evil soul, and he wishes that Allah Azzawajal removes uh, from that person whatever good uh, he had. So this is one type of this hayin. Uh, the other type is that a person might look at something and he likes it, and he might become stunned by its beauty. And uh, he doesn't really wish that Allah Azza takes it away from you. 
But he forgets to say, for example, MashaAllah, or he forgets to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put barakah uh, on that thing. And in both cases, the ayn could uh, hit the person. An example for uh, the latter uh, type, which is a person who might have like a good soul and everything, and he just doesn't mention Allah, or he didn't say tabarakallah, or he didn't ask Allah Azza to put his blessings upon that beautiful thing, uh, is the example of uh, one of the Sahaba of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam actually. His name was Amr uh, ibn Rabi'ah radiyallahu anhu. Imam Ahmad narrates and Ibn Hibban and other uh, collectors of hadith. Uh, they said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam traveled him and some of his uh, companions. And then Sahal ibn Hanif radiyallahu anhu was one of the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went to some kind of a lake to uh, take a, a bath. So when he took off uh, some of his cloth, another Sahabi from the Sahaba of the Prophet وسلم, looked at him and he said, ما رأيت ولا جلد He looked at him and he said, I've never seen something like this before. It's as if like a, a girl's skin or something like that. So he looked at his, uh, his, uh, his friend and uh, uh, he liked how that person's skin uh, looked uh, very beautiful. And he didn't say, MashaAllah or Tabarakallah or something like that. So what happened? That other Sahabi of the Prophet ﷺ, he felt immediately sick. Just because of these words of the other Sahabi. And he said them without really the intention of harming the other person. But it's just that he forgot the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. He forgot to say, or he didn't know that he was supposed to say, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, because he saw something that he liked. So the Prophet ﷺ called Amr. And they said that the Prophet ﷺ was angry. And he told him, why would one of you kill his other brother? His brother. Then the Prophet ﷺ told him, why didn't you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put his blessings on him since uh, you liked something. Then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam here gave him the cure for this ayn. What did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tell him to do or asked him to do? He said to him, wash your face, wash your hands, wash your elbows, your knees, and uh, like the tips of your feet, and uh, your uh, lower a garment from the inside, parts of it. And then put all of this in a container and bring it. Then he did that and they just pour the water, that water, on the, uh, on the other sahabi. And subhanAllah, the narration says, that faraha sahlun Meaning sahl stood up as if nothing had happened uh, to him. Nothing. Uh, happened to him. Okay. Also, the ruqya could be done because of the uh, a jinn position. For example, we don't need to go through the uh, the evidences uh, for uh, for this uh, fact. As a matter of fact, uh, I think Brother Abu Abdullah has like two uh, long CDs about you know, this issue of jinns and charms and so forth. But I just wanted to confine myself to the issue of Ruqya only. So it says that a narration from Um Aban, her name was Um Aban bint al radiallahu anha, she said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was walking and he saw a woman or a grandmother and with her was her uh, grandson and he was like sick. The narration says it, he was majnoon, meaning he was uh, crazy. Okay, So when they came to the Prophet ﷺ, and they told the Prophet ﷺ that this person is, is sick. So the Prophet ﷺ, and we need you, O Prophet of Allah, to make dua for him. So it says that the Prophet ﷺ said, bring him closer. Bring that sick person uh, closer. So the Prophet ﷺ held him uh, with his cloth and he hit him in his back. And the Prophet ﷺ said, أُخْرُجْ عَدُوَ اللَّهِ أُخْرُجْ عَدُوَ اللَّهِ 
exit or get out you enemy of Allah. Get out you enemy of Allah. Then the Prophet ﷺ made him sit in front of him and the Prophet ﷺ, like after that made dua for him and that kid was uh, cured by that ruqya of the Prophet uh, ﷺ. Also the ruqya could be done from physical sicknesses. For example, Imam al-Bukhari says that Aisha narrates that the Prophet وسلم, when he was sick, the uh, sickness in which the Prophet وسلم, died, she said that the Prophet وسلم, would read Al-Mu'awwidhat. Okay, what is Al-Mu'awwidhat? Mu'awwidhat, something that has A'udhu Surah yeah, It's called Al-Mu'awwidhat. So the Prophet would read Al-Mu'awwidhat and he would wipe his body. So he would make this ruqya upon himself because of that sickness. So Aisha said that when the Prophet became very sick, that she would recite these Mu'awwidhat and she would also like blow. Okay, with a little bit of saliva, it's called naf. She will blow in the hand of the Prophet and then she will wipe the body of the Prophet with the Prophet's hand. And she said, I did that with the hand of the Prophet because I wanted the barakah of the hand of the Prophet. Also, Imam Malik narrates that Aisha says that Kana idashtaka, meaning the Prophet, whenever he gets sick. That whenever the Prophet وسلم, gets sick, he would recite upon himself الناس, and then he would uh, meaning he would go like this with uh, some people say without uh, like saliva, and he would also do it with some uh, saliva. Okay, so the person could go like this or with uh, some saliva and then uh, wipes uh, his body. Also, in another hadith, it says that Uthman ibn al-As, Uthman ibn al-As was one of the Sahaba of the Prophet And he said to the Prophet that I have this pain since I accepted Islam. I've been having this pain. So the Prophet told him, Meaning, put your hand in that place which aches. Okay? And then say, Bismillah, Bismillah, Bismillah. Say, Bismillah, uh, three times. Okay? And then say, seven times, أعوذ بعزة الله وقدرته. Meaning, I seek refuge with the عزة الله means like the mighty of Allah and His power. مِنْ شَرِّ مَا أَجِدُ وَأُحَادِرُ From what I experienced and what I am afraid of. The Prophet ﷺ told him, say this uh, seven times. So Uthman ibn al-As took the advice of the Prophet ﷺ and said, Bismillah, Bismillah, Bismillah. After he put his hand on that place that ached and he said, أعوذ بعزة الله وقدرتي من شر ما أجد وأحادر. And by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, he was cured. Also, the rupiah, as you know, could be done for uh, like uh, like even psychological like uh, types of uh, sicknesses. And for example, if you feel if you feel very sad, or if you have some kind of anxiety or so, if you ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and you make du'a to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on yourself, inshallah Taala, definitely this will help. Uh, the person. As a matter of fact, there is a hadith uh, from the hadith of the Prophet uh, وسلم, in which the Prophet says, that whenever a believer experiences any type of um, like sadness or anxiety or so forth, and he says, Allahumma inni abduk, I know. It's hard to translate the whole thing, but I'm going to say it in Arabic. Probably most of you know it from Taraweeh. Usually the Imams recite it in their dua. Allahumma inni abduk wa abnu abdik wa abnu amatik nasiyati biyadik maadin fiya hukmuk adlun fiya qadauk. 
أسألك بكل اسم هو لك سميت به نفسك أو أنزلته في كتابك أو علمت أحدا من خلقك أو استأثرت به في علم الغيب عندك أن تجعل القرآن ربيع قلبي ونور صدري وجلاء حزني وذهاب همي وغمي. So the Prophet ﷺ said that if you say this supplication in which basically you you humble yourself before Allah saying that oh Allah that I am your servant and I am the son of your servant and I am the son of your like and even my mother is your servant and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his beautiful names and attributes to make this Quran like a spring for your heart okay the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah will definitely find you a way out from that uh, sadness or anxiety or whatever uh, it may be also the ruqya could be done from sihr uh, definitely okay for example in surah qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq min sharri ma khalaq wa min sharri ghasiqin idha waqam wa min sharri naffathati fil uqad what does naffathati fil uqad mean naffathati fil uqad yeah, from the evil of those who blow and the nuts, as uh, Brother Sh- uh, Shams said. Who are these people? They are the sorcerers, right? So you, when you read this surah, Qul Rabb al-Falaq, in a sense, it is a some kind of a ruqya because you're asking Allah Azza Jalla, you're seeking refuge with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala from the evils of these sorcerers who blow in the nuts. And definitely, we know that during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, someone, some of the Jews, Labid ibn al-A'asam, made sihr on the Prophet ﷺ. And Ibn al-Qayyim says that there are some people who deny this. They say, how could it happen to the Prophet ﷺ that uh, a person does sihr to the Prophet ﷺ? He said, sihr is just a type of sickness. And the Prophet ﷺ experienced different types of sicknesses. Right? But did it affect the message of the Prophet ﷺ? That the Prophet ﷺ, for example, will say, this is from the Qur'an or this is from the Sunnah, and it is not? Definitely, it didn't affect the message of the Prophet ﷺ, but it affected the body of the Prophet ﷺ. So it's just a type of sickness, a different type of sickness. So when the Prophet ﷺ had this kind of sihr done on him, والسلام, Jibreel alayhi salam made the ruqya on the Prophet. You imagine that? Yani Jibreel making ruqya. What, how strong that ruqya would be. Jibreel alayhi salam made the ruqya on the Prophet. He, he said to the Prophet, Ishtakayta ya Muhammad. Yani are you complaining, O uh, Muhammad? Or are you like, Ishtakayta actually it means like, are you sick, O Muhammad? The Prophet said, Naham. He said, yes, uh, I am sick. Then the Jibreel alayhi salam said, Bismillahi arqeek min kulli da'in yu'adhik. In the name of Allah, I'm doing this ruqya from every type of, from every type of sickness that might harm you. وَمِن شَرِّ كُلِّ حَاسِدٍ وَعَيْنٍ اللَّهُ يَشْفِيكَ And from the evils of every envious person and from the, from all evil eyes, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you or cure you. Okay. Who should make uh, uh, the ruqya? We say, basically, if the person is sick and he needs a ruqya, he has to be careful who to go to. Um, but is it like for special people who do this uh, ruqya, like does the person have to be a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or a, a great a scholar or something like that? No, because the Prophet وسلم, did it. He ordered uh, Aisha uh, anha, to make ruqya from uh, the evils of the uh, eye and so forth. But every person, inshallah ta'ala, every one of us could make this ruqya. But we should remember a couple of things. One of them, and it is the most important thing to remember, is that the real cure is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hand. It's not with the person who's actually practicing this ruqya. It is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hand. As Ibrahim alayhi salam said, like uh, in, uh, in Surah al-Shu'ara, he said, وَإِذَا مَرِضْتُ فَهُوَ يَشْفِينَ And when I 
uh, get sick, it is He, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who cures me. So no matter what type of medicine uh, you take, okay, remember that the real cure is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of these things are just halal means that you are using. And even when you do uh, the ruqya, or when someone does this uh, ruqya on you, you should remember that the real cure is with Allah Azza wa Jal. If Allah Azza wa Jal permits that you are cured, you're going to be cured. Your first trust is on Allah uh, subhanahu uh, wa ta'ala. And all other things are just uh, uh, means. Also, the person should have certainty that this Quran is a cure. The person should remember this verse from the Quran. Say it is for the believers, a source of guidance and a shifa, a cure. So have the certainty in your heart that the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, a cure. Whether the person is doing the ruqya or he is uh, receiving the ruqya. The ruqya could also be between the, I mean, could be done by the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It has to be done with authentic uh, uh, supplications. It has to be with clear language. For example, some people, when they are practicing this ruqya, they will come to you and they will say, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Something that un- understandable at all. It doesn't mean anything. And these kind of people are very dangerous because they might be calling on some names of jinns or shayateen in their ruqya. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes some people that they play with the words of Allah azza wa And uh, I'm sure Abu Abdullah, I think he showed you some kinds of uh, these, uh, remember? Uh, these uh, false ruqyas uh, uh, from some of the people who deal with the shayateen that they will use, for example, the name of Allah Azza They might write the beginning of surah of ayat al-kursi, like for example, Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyum. And then instead of completing the ayah, they will do something else. For example, writing hush hung hung, something that doesn't mean anything. This probably was a Chinese jinn, but. Uh, they write something that, the, uh, names for example, that do not belong to that ayah. So they play with the words of Allah uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if the person needs a person to do ruqya on him, he has to make sure that that person is from Ahl sunnah he's forming the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He has a uh, correct aqidah, he's following the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his ruqya. He doesn't come up with his own ways and things. Okay, one of, this, one of the key things that you can distinguish between a good person and a bad person in a ruqya is that when they ask you, what is your name and what is your mother's name? What does my mother have to do with the ruqya? I don't know. Many people, especially, and I heard this a lot, they tell me that, okay, this person is a very pious person and he told me, what is your name? What is your mother's name? Because I want to go and do something for you. Of course, there is no need uh, for that. Okay. It is, is it okay for the person to ask for the ruqya, to ask someone to do the ruqya on them? Anyone has any knowledge about this issue? You should all have some knowledge. Is it okay to ask someone to do ruqya on you? If the person needs it. Is it halal or is it haram? What's the evidence? Yes, Ali. For, for their leader. Okay, there is another hadith, a very clear hadith, I'm sure many of you know it. But remember the hadith of the 70,000 people who enter Jannah without any reckoning? Right? What does the end of the hadith say? Yes. Huh? Okay, the Prophet says that there are 70 people, that there are 70,000 people who will enter paradise without any kind of reckoning. They will go straight to Jannah. Straight to Jannah. They will not be held accountable at all. That's Allah to make us all from that. And this is a sign point, but the Prophet when the companions told him that, when the companions heard that there are 70,000 people, they, the, the Prophet told them, فَاسْتَزَدْتُ رَبِّي 
Meaning I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase this number from 70,000. I asked Allah to increase this number from 70,000. So Allah gave me with every, thou- every thousand another 70,000 entering Jannah without any kind of uh, reckoning. It will just make straight to Jannah. But when the Prophet ﷺ told the companions about these 70,000 people who go straight to Jannah, huh, he just gave them this piece of information and he left. So the Sahab of the Prophet ﷺ were wondering, who are these 70,000 people? Some of them said, maybe they, were the one, they are the ones that were born uh, Muslims. They never committed shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they mentioned different things. Then the Prophet ﷺ came out to them. And in their description, he said that, الَّذِينَ لَا يَسْتَرْقُونَ وَلَا يَتَطَيَّرُونَ وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ Meaning they do not ask others for ruqya. They do not ask others to make ruqya upon them. وَلَا يَتَطَيَّرُونَ But they do not follow bad omens. Okay? So, لَا يَتَطَيَّرُونَ Okay? And actually, maybe if I describe to you the tatayyur, where did it come from? You, everyone will have his own translation. The Arabs, in the, in the times of Jahiliyyah, if they wanted to, to travel, they bring two ta'irs. Ta'ir means birds, right? Two of them. So they say, if it goes, they go this way, I'm going to travel. And if they go the other way, I'm not going to travel. So, and they will let them. If they go um, this way, they travel. If it goes that way, they do not uh, travel. So the Prophet ﷺ said that from the description of these 70,000 people that they do not believe in such kinds of uh, superstitions. And, and they put their trust, their full trust is on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the point is that one of their descriptions is that they do not ask others for for ruqya. Some people misunderstood the hadith and, and thought that they themselves do not do ruqya, okay? Or they do not accept it if someone, for example, voluntarily came and did it to them. No. Abu Hurairah, for example, once was sick and some of the companions came and they offered the ruqya. They told him, you are sick, we're going to do ruqya on you. He accepted. Okay. So this is, there is uh, it's okay. Okay, so does, it, does this mean that it is haram for a person to ask for a ruqya? No, it doesn't mean that uh, it is haram uh, to ask uh, for the ruqya, but it is like a higher level not to ask for the ruqya and to do your ruqya uh, on yourself. Now, asking, Asking another person to make dua for you, Allahu Alam, it doesn't fall under this category. Many people came to the Prophet ﷺ, many noble people. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ advised them, for example, in the story of Uwais al-Qarni, right, who was one of the successors of the Sahaba. The Prophet ﷺ told the Sahaba, he said that Uwais al-Qarni is one of the people from Yemen. Whoever amongst you meet him, let him make dua for him. Right? Because he was a, p- a pious person. The Prophet ﷺ said that he was very good to his mother. Right? Uh, so the Prophet ﷺ encouraged the Sahaba to, if they meet Uwais, that they should ask him for to make dua for them. Looks like one of the brothers' names is Uwais. He's laughing. Okay. So the man's name was Uwais al-Qarni. So Allahu Alam, if the Prophet ﷺ asked the companions for if they meet this person, Make dua for them. It's not part of the ruqya. Uh, uh, ruqya probably is just when the person is sick and you're reading uh, 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 يعني, on him either from the Quran or from the hadith or as we described earlier. Um, another important point here that I want you to pay attention to is that the best type of ruqya usually is the ruqya that you do upon yourself for a very simple reason. No one is going to be more sincere in making dua for you than your own soul, than yourself, right? You are going to be the, the most sincere people in making dua for your own self, right? And this is, yani, this is the uh, uh, basic thing. They said that one of the, one of the ulama of our time, his name is uh, uh, Sheikh Muhammad 
Mukhtar Shinqiti, in one of his tapes, he said that a, um, a, a man came to a sheikh, a great sheikh, and he said to him, Ya sheikh, why don't you make dua for me that Allah cures me? He said to him, I am possessed. Why don't you ask Allah to cure me? So the sheikh told him, why don't you wake up at night, the last third of the night, pray two rak'ahs, and have confidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to answer your prayers. So the man came to the sheikh the next day. He said, I woke up on the last third of the night, and I had confidence in my heart that Allah is going to answer my prayers. He said, I prayed two rak'ahs, and in the sujood, when I was prostrating to Allah, he said, I cried before Allah Azzawajal, and I asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure me. And he said, all of a sudden, I felt this extreme heat in my body and in my, uh, and in my legs. And after that, alhamdulillah, I was cured. So the point is that the person should make ruqya upon himself. And this is the best type, inshallah ta'ala, for a ruqya. They said also, uh, yani, well, uh, one of the stories that the ulama uh, relate is a story of a person who, uh, yani centuries ago, who had some kind of a, um, like a small pebble that somehow it went inside his ear. And they couldn't, couldn't get it out at all. And it was bothering him so much. He went to different people, different doctors to help him. They couldn't. So he said one day, I said to myself, I am going to make dua to Allah Sincere dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a type obviously of ruqya for your own self. So he said, Ya man yujibul muttarra ida dua. As Allah says in the Quran, Amma yujibul muttarra ida dua. Who is the one that answers the prayers of al-muttar, the one who's in need. So he said, Ya man yujibul muttarra ida dua. Oh, the one. Oh Allah, the one who answers the prayers of Al-Muttar, the one of who's in need. Answer my prayer and cure me. And he said, immediately, somehow it fell out. And this is definitely possible. So the point is that uh, the person should try always to make this ruqya upon himself. And inshallah ta'ala, with the, by the will of Allah Azzajal, the person will be okay. Now... Um, is it uh, permissible for a person, for example, to uh, write, let's say, an ayah from the Qur'an or like one of these du'as and then wash it, for example, in some water and drink it? Is that permissible or not? Okay, it is, um, what's mentioned in, in Kitab al-Tawheed uh, is that, or the fundamentals of Tawheed, is that it is not permissible for the person to wear something from the Qur'an. Okay. Uh, obviously, there is difference of opinion about it, but most of the Sahab of the Prophet ﷺ, they strictly say that it is wrong. You can't wear anything uh, from the Quran, like sake of uh, protection. And if it is from other than the Quran, there is consensus about it that it is haram. But if the person writes, for example, some ayahs of the Quran and washes it with water or so and drinks it, then, inshallah ta'ala, it is. Uh, permissible as many of the ulama of our time uh, have mentioned. Uh, if it's from the Quran, if it is something uh, authentic. As far as I remember, there was a statement from Ibn Abbas anhu, for the permissibility of doing yani, this act. But uh, I do not recall anything from the Prophet. But as far as I remember, it's from Ibn Abbas anhu, that it is permissible. And there is actually, I just remember, there is a hadith. But I'm not sure about its uh, authenticity. If I remember correctly, Imam Qurtubi mentioned it in his uh, uh, in his tafsir of Surah Qul Falaq that there is a hadith in which the Prophet وسلم, uh, allowed writing it, and then uh, obviously you should write it with something that's not poisonous. Okay, so you write it, and then uh, yani you wash it out and you drink it. Okay, so there is some kind of hadith about. Okay, I think this is enough. Let's just mention some of the ayahs of the Quran which the Prophet ﷺ specifically mentioned them and he said that they are, yani, they should be used as uh, a cure. Any idea? Some of them. Very easy, Jama'ah. Yes, Jazakallah Khair. Very simple. Ayat al Kursi. 
Do you remember the evidence about it? Excellent. So the hadith of Abu Huraira, uh, uh, what's the hadith of Abu Huraira about the ayat of Kursi? Anyone remembers? Yes. Yes, he was just stealing food from from the man. Protection. Okay, so the Prophet mentioned Ayat al Kursi uh, specifically that it is a protection. Okay, another, uh, another thing that the person could recite and it will protect him as a Ruqya, other than Ayat al Kursi. But from the sister's side, do you have anything? Surah Al Fatiha, Jazakallah Khair. This is why some of the ulama call Surah Al Fatiha as Shafia, right? The cure, as we mentioned the story uh, earlier. طيب. Another thing, other than Surah Al Fatiha and Ayat Al Kursi. The Prophet وسلم, says about them that uh, there is nothing by which you can seek refuge by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better than these two surahs. Surah Qul A'udhu Rabbil Falaq and Surah Qul A'udhu Rabbil Nas. There is nothing better than uh, these two. طيب. Another thing. So now we have what? Fatiha, Ayat al-Kursi, Qul A'udhu Rabbil Falaq, Qul A'udhu Rabbil Nas. Okay. Okay. What else? Yes. The last. Okay. The last two ayahs of Surah Al-Baqarah, these two ayahs uh, uh, also. The Prophet وسلم, said about them that if you read it at night, nothing will harm you until the morning. So you are encouraged to read it before you go to sleep. And again, this is a type of ruqya. Now, okay, it was from the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, to recite, قُلْ هُوَ After each and every salah. And subhanAllah, this should really يعني, make us pay attention to this issue. That this is a very serious issue that the Prophet ﷺ is encouraging us to read these three surahs specifically once after each and every salah and three times after Salat al-Fajr and three times after Salat al-Asr in your adhkar. Allah Alam, it is mentioned in some sources as Salat al-Maghrib, but as far as I know, Allah Alam, that the adhkar of the evening should be done after Salat al-Asr, after Salat al-Asr, yeah. and before the sun uh, sets. طيب. So we have Fatiha, uh, Ayat al-Kursi, last two eyes of Surah al-Baqarah, Qul A'arab al-Falaq, Qul nas anything else? Yes. Surah al-Baqarah, great. Do you remember the hadith? No, remember. Anyone remembers the hadith from the brothers or the sisters about Surah al-Baqarah specifically? There is a hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ said about Surah Al-Baqarah, Like taking Surah Al-Baqarah okay, is a baraka, a blessing. Meaning يعني, if you don't have it, it's like a sorrow. البطلة, and the sorcerers can't do anything with Surah Al-Baqarah. And another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that if you recite Surah Al-Baqarah in, a, in a, like in your house or your home, the shayateen will not enter. Let me read you, I'll tell you a funny story and we'll conclude with it. It's very strange to me, I'm sharing it with you. There is a book about the fatawa of the ruqya. And the person collected uh, different fatawa from Sheikh bin Ba'as, Sheikh bin Jibreel, Sheikh bin Aithimin, great scholars. So, in one of the questions, a person said to uh, Sheikh bin Jibreel that I know a person whose uh, car got like a uh, an evil eye. Someone commented on that car and somehow it didn't work at all. So the owner of the car went to the person who gave the ayin and he told him, you know, brother, the sunnah is that you go and you wash and everything and you, and you give me that water. So he said he washed, he gave him the water and guess what he did with the water? He put it in the radiator of the car. <laughs> And what's strange is that the car worked. <laughs> so, Shaykh bin Jibreel said, 
that, I mean, Hafizahullah, he said that uh, uh, the ruqya could be done for like human beings, it could be done also uh, for rights. Jazakumullah khayran. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, protect us all from every evil. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to help us uh, mention him. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, forgive us our sins. Jazakumullah khair. I don't know if anybody has a question. I think uh, brothers or sisters, if you have any questions. Yes, it is. It is uh, permissible. Whatever, if if the person, for example, um, is suspecting that he is someone did sihr on him, okay. Uh, for example, many people. Uh, this happens a lot, even though people are shy to talk about it. Um, many people. Uh, they uh, they realize that they're not after after they make their marriage contracts, for example, they realize that they are not able to consummate their uh, their marriage. Once they come close to their wives, uh, they cannot do anything. Okay, and many people feel shy to talk about this, while it's known that this is a type of seher and there is a cure for it. So to answer the sister's question, yeah, this cure for that, for example, for this is that the person resides in some water, Surah Al-Fatiha, uh, the ayahs about sihr in uh, uh, in Surah Yunus, the ayahs about sihr in Surah Al-A'raf, also in Surah Taha. Besides, three times, and then they blow on this water, and you put in it also some leaves from uh, like a tree. It's called uh, Sidr. And uh, the person washes himself with it, and inshallah ta'ala, by the will of Allah Azza uh, they will be cured. So it's not only for Surah Al-Fatiha. Whatever uh, you read, inshallah ta'ala, is permissible to, يعني, to use water or oil or whatever it is. Yeah. All the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, if if the person is, is if the person for example is sick in general, they are allowed to ask Allah subhanahu wa taala by his names. For example, if the person, uh, the ayah in the Quran, this might be the best thing to explain it. Allah subhanahu wa taala says in the Quran, uh, that Allah Azzawajal has the most beautiful names. So ask Allah Azzawajal by these beautiful names. So you say, Oh Allah, for example, the uh, most powerful or uh, al-qawi or oh allah give me some uh, give me a strength or allah uh, the almighty give me some strength or cure me but to just mention the names like allah rahman rahim and then blow uh, allah you should allah from the eye should ask allah by the name so you say oh allah the most merciful have mercy on me and so forth if it is that, for example, some people might think that, okay, if you say Ar-Rahman 554 times, and you shouldn't say it 555 times, for example, okay, such and such is going to happen to you, this is definitely a bid'at, just playing with the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if the person, for example, uh, repeats some ayahs from the Quran a couple of times without like having specific uh, number, okay, Inshallah Ta'ala, it is uh, uh, permissible uh, to do it that way. Okay? طيب. Naam. You can do it with whatever the person is going to eat or drink. Inshallah Ta'ala, it's, it's okay. You can do it with it. Okay? Naam. Like 33 times, it could be 34, it should be 32, but not exactly. No, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned it, that it is 33 times, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, 33, and uh, Allahu Akbar, 33 times. And another hadith where before the person goes to sleep, he mentioned that's 33, 33, and 34. So it is uh, specific numbers. Uh, this is if you are going to do it, for example, after the regular prayers or before you go to sleep. But let's say, for example, I just want to say, subhanAllah. Okay, subhanAllah. So I don't even need to uh, count it. I should just make my, as the Prophet ﷺ described it, uh, make your mouth or your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah. You don't even need to count.
count it. You just continue to say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allah Akbar. Naam. Taban, if the person thinks that the dhikr be uh, themselves yani, are a source of, uh, for example, barakah or something like that, okay, it is definitely wrong by the consensus of as far as I know the ulama if you think of the dhikr beads uh, themselves okay but what if the person just uses it as something to uh, count with just to count with some of the ulama like uh, Shaykh al-Islam bin Taymiyyah say that it is permissible if you think that it is just something that you are using to count with okay but even if Shaykh al-Islam rahimahullah bin Taymiyyah uh, says it or uh, many other major uh, ulama of Ahl-Sunnah, the, the Sunnah of the Prophet precedes what uh, they say. Did the Prophet وسلم, use it? The Prophet وسلم, didn't use it. So we shouldn't use it. But there are specific cases uh, where people cannot really, they really can't count with their, uh, uh, with their fingers at all. So some of the ulama of our time uh, said that, okay, if this is the case, then just use it to say the 33 times, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, because you really can't uh, do it. So if this is the case, Allahu Alam, it is okay. But in general, the person is not uh, supposed to uh, use it uh, because the Prophet didn't use it. Okay. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum.